recording and then well we're recording now but you just we, we are recording now this is fun we no don't edit it this the people could see behind the process is we you know you're doing your daily dose on youtube yeah. you're trying to get this set up to do a live stream give video copies of everything on youtube apparently putting stuff on youtube is something you got to do if you want to have be legitimized yeah. like and we haven't quite figured out how to do the intro music so we may just be an intro music list podcast from now on and that's fine yeah yeah so if you are we're like 30 seconds in now so if you have updated your podcast player to script the to skip the first 15 seconds of the show because you didn't like the intro music that's fine just go back and change your settings no more intro music we're just getting straight to the point now until we change again yes but until further noticed yeah no also a new microphone New microphones for like also for like the 50th time. The last ones we had sounded good. Both of ours just broke so in like three months, yeah, which was annoying. Well, and they were cheap. And, and honestly, we should have just bought like, cause the Yeti has been like known forever. We should have just spent money on the Yeti in the well, first place. At the end of the day, like, I don't know why we didn't, right? Because they were like a hundred bucks and we bought and like, I think it's a different things. And then somebody bought stuff for us. I mean, we saw like think $500 on mics. Avoid yeah. spending a hundred dollars on a mic. I think it sounded like it was kind of like, well, we're not in a studio, so it's not gonna like, you know, there's only so much we can do, kind of thing. But maybe I don't know. Um, well, we're here now, and there's a whole bunch of weird settings on these mics that we don't know what they mean. So, could we open up the instruction manual and learn what they mean? Probably, but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna rely on you to tell us if it's good or bad. Apparently, I'm too far away. We're learning. We're learning. Oh, that sounds much better now. Oh, well, yeah, but I guess you can't. It's all leaned back. Maybe you do need to get the arm bent. The arm is not for your work meetings. The arm is for being able to go past the desk like this. This is what the arm is for. The arm is for relaxation mode. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to play around with the arm. We're gonna figure this out here before too long, folks. But see, but, now look at me. Now I'm leaned up, but like, I am right in the screen like my whole head is the screen i mean you got a big head sorry I do have a big maybe you need like a hat. different camera uh like seven and five eights yeah i got a big head what size do you wear um i what's i think i just graduated to seven and three quarters yeah i definitely yeah. did yeah because i've got a couple and seven and seven eights now i might be seven and seven eight Cause I have a couple that are like seven and a half. Does your head like not stop growing? Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I okay, because I swear maybe I'm diabetic or something. So <laughs> I'm like, no, this is this is still bone. There's not fat around the back of my head, but there's, but I definitely have some hats that are like a seven and a half that I'm like, I gotta stretch these out. Like I have to. I bought a hat stretcher on Amazon because my Salt Lake Abejas hat is not fitting the way it used to. I think it happens, man, but it does kind of scare me. Like, when like I'm close right now, and I'm like, need to clip the side of the bill, you know, when you got the, yeah, when you were younger and your head was still growing. But yeah, it's, I mean, we're, we're trying to legitimize this. We're trying to, as we are members of a podcast network now, community, a whole community, a whole community. And we're trying to help grow the 1012 network. And we are, we've been talking to uh, our master, Phil. Who are uh, you know who started the ten twelve network? Trying to get something. We call him Uncle Phil, don't we? Uncle Phil, yes. Like yeah. he's for the Fresh Prince of like Stillwater or Norman, wherever he lives, somewhere in Oklahoma, or maybe he lives in Arkansas. I don't. Uh, 
I'll yeah, he's in fire to be the prince of there in Stillwater, but we're not gonna we're not gonna yeah, water shame, but a little bit we're gonna still water shame. I don't even know where he lives. Well, I gotta look this up. Generic Oklahoma shaming. Like, look, if he doesn't even live in, you got great football teams there. And if he doesn't live in Oklahoma, then he'll probably agree with us. Uh, you got great football teams, and that's great. But like, and I, I say this as a Utahan, Oklahoma's a different place, man. Yeah. Oh, he lives in Arkansas. So, oh, he, well, he lives in Arkansas, but he went to the University of Oklahoma. But for some reason, I thought he was an Oklahoma State fan. So I don't know. Maybe Phil. This is we are so trusting of you. We don't know the first thing about you, but we are all in. We, we are all in. I had no idea. You could have given me forty-eight guesses, and I don't know that I would have come up with Arkansas. I mean, who would? Um, is that an upgrade over Oklahoma? Let me see if where if you go in. Let me see where in. I'm not going to dox him, but let me see where in Arkansas this thing is. You know, because if it's like. Right, if it's middle of nowhere, Arkansas. If it's like, oh, I just mean like, generally speaking, pick any random town in Oklahoma and any random town in Arkansas. I think Arkansas is down a rung, right? And uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of the same. Like, I mean, like you do. Well, I will say that Oklahoma. You do when you are in Oklahoma, like. You do have the Thunder, and it's like right. Oklahoma City is a bigger place. There's more going on there. You do have, like, between Oklahoma, I mean, Stillwater, Norman, and Tulsa are all pretty close. So there's three FBS schools within, like, a two-hour drive. You got some options yeah. there. So, yeah, so I, don't, I think you have to have any sort of, how do I put this delicately, you don't have to have any inappropriate relationships with your cousin to live in Oklahoma, but I think you do to live in Arkansas. Oh, this might be a good point, but maybe don't say that because we're still trying to get our custom soap made. So, and they are in Arkansas. So, but yeah, I mean, and to Oklahoma City is only like, I don't know, it's not that far from uh, Dallas. Dallas to Oklahoma City is only like three hours or something. Yeah, but I hate that. I I hate that it's like yeah, so it's a cool town because another town's cool and it's close. Well, it, yeah, I mean that is true, but it, it is. I feel like culturally they're probably the same, but Oklahoma is just a little bit bigger, and you got more sporting options. Like you got like a AAA baseball team in Oklahoma yeah. City. You got the an NBA team. Little bigger, little less backwoodsy, like. Arkansas, like you're not eating garfish like they are in New Orleans, but like you're eating squirrels. I think you eat squirrels in Arkansas. I mean, maybe not in like Bentonville or Bentonville where it's like a town, but maybe in like just a regular Arkansas town. Maybe. It could be. I don't know. We've got a good show planned. Which is actually pretty impressive to have a show planned at all in mid-May in the just absolute Death Valley waste zone of BYU Athletics News. The fact that we're even getting together to talk about something is kind of an impressive accomplishment. It's true. There's like, there is nothing going on. We did have the biggest surprise that we did have was that. I mean, we had a nice surprise out of the portal from a running back commit today that I'm not, no one was really expecting. 
But nobody was expecting it. Deion Smith, running back out of Colorado, has committed to BYU, and that's that's great. Um, it was surprising. It was very surprising. I think most fans, but I think if you break it down, it makes a lot of sense because I think most fans generally just kind of said like, hey, Aiden Robbins is there. BYU just signed LJ Martin. He was a four-star by some, you know, by some networks. Um, I think that most fans generally would have said the running back room is very, very deep, but I think that that is relative, right? The running back room was very, very deep relative to where BYU historically has been, but BYU was realistically, they were one Aiden Robbins injury away, and Aiden Robbins, who has been injured, right? Aiden Robbins had wrist surgery and has not played with any contact throughout spring, had Aiden Robbins gotten hurt, BYU was that one injury away from relying on Hinkley Ropati as your your running back one, or Miles Davis as your running back one, or a true freshman, right, in L.J. Martin, or Luve Hilu off of a mission. So while they had talent in that room... They didn't have a lot of experience, and it got a little bit nerve-wracking, I think, if you thought of that room without Aiden Robbins. So adding Deion Smith from Colorado seems to make a ton of sense to make. Yeah, I really like him. Someone posted a highlight of him, and last week it was actually versus their game with Arizona, and I remember the play because I was at that game when Colorado played in Tucson last year, and it was like the only good thing that Colorado did. You what a degenerate man! If you're going to Arizona, Colorado, you've got a problem. Hey, I I had Arizona season tickets last year, so you know that it is what it is. But they and it was he is like in a lot of ways he's kind of similar to what we talked about in the last episode with Darius Lassiter, where like you're not expecting him to come in and be Pukunukua, right? You're coming expecting him to come in and to be a Neil Powell or a Samson Nukua. Or, you know, like maybe even like a sort of reach back, like a Terry and Halk or Mitchell Jurgens type, like a guy who's going to be there, but he's going to be like your third option. He, he's like and, Katoa, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah running back perspective, that's that's who he is. And I think he's going to play a similar role, but a little bit faster. A little bit faster. Thievery than LeBron. Yeah. Cause even with like Peeney was not, I mean, Peeney had great hands out of the backfield, but like he was not, he was not a speedster. Even as like right. the, change of pace like lighter back to Chris Brooks he still wasn't that fast and yeah. so this is like Aiden Robbins is a big bruiser this gives you a little lightning to the thunder and I I like the pickup he's somebody where you know he's not going to be expected to carry a massive massive load um you know and we still we still have something you know with out of the portal I think we still expect I, we probably expected another receiver by now I mean I guess you can count we saw a flurry of offers go out after Cody Epps entered the portal, then things kind of, you know, he came back. So that should count as recruiting someone out of the portal. If you're talking about getting a portal receiver, we got one. Uh, we got two, actually, between him and Lester. The timing of that is important, too, right? Like, those those offers went out, for the most part. Like, the offer went out to Lasseter uh, before Cody Epps had entered the portal. But the rest of those offers didn't go out until Cody entered the portal. Like, it was very clearly a, oh, no, Cody's gone we've got to figure something out. And then they offered a bunch of people. Now, I think they would still go get one, even if Cody had never left. Cody's back now. I think they still want one. But the urgency and why there were a whole bunch of offers all at the same time was because Cody Epps was in the portal. 
Now he's not. Now he's back at BYU. So the urgency isn't quite there. If, if push came to shove and BYU had to go into the season with a top four, Keanu Hill, uh, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, and Darius Lassiter, and then have guys like Parker Kingston, Koa Eldridge, and JoJo Phillips hoping somebody kind of emerges, I think BYU generally feels pretty comfortable with that setup. Ideally, yeah, you'd go get one more, but I, I don't think it's a must have at this point. In, in a similar I mean in a similar situation to the running backs, how like maybe Deion Smith wasn't a must have, but you're an Aiden Robbins injury away. I mean, a receiver, we are a Chase Roberts injury away from being very untested, very young and unproven to where, you know, you'd be looking at like LJ Martin's your guy, maybe who's gonna be like your game changer and we're turning to like Parker Kingston, right? And so there's right, right. and so it's just there's nothing that's very proven uh, there. And I mean, the two top guys, so you, your two best receivers and Chase Roberts and Cody Epps both have an injury history. Yeah. So it's, and so getting, I think the problem, I mean, what did A-Rod say that there's time for room to maybe go out after like five or six receivers? I think that was a bit of a hyperbole, not going to go that far. Oh well, yeah. I mean, but, I think I mean but it's, yeah, but it's, I think that it was probably would like two. And then when, Epps went into the portal, maybe it was three. So yeah. Far, and now we've gotten two out of those three, so probably one. Yeah, I, and, and I think that that is, is pretty fair. And I think that BYU can, I think BYU can shoot big, right? With this last one, I think they can go, there are a few names that I, I don't really want to talk about here um, just because I don't know how serious BYU is with them yet, but there's a few names that, that if BYU were to land one of these names that I I know they've entertained, like it would whoa like you just added a guy who's going to push for the top spot, and that's that's really what the the readdition I guess of Cody Epps does is it allows BYU to take a big shot and then if they don't capitalize on any of those big shots, they can go back and find a, a wide receiver five or six uh, a little bit later on a little bit closer to the season. Having said that, it is May twelfth. It's not like they have oodles and oodles of time. Realistically, they've got to get everybody added by June 30th. Yeah. So we're talking six weeks, right? Not six months, but they have six weeks. And they can take four of those six weeks and and be totally fine. So I wouldn't panic yet about the wide receiver position just because Chase Sewell did not uh, did not come. We maybe we do need to talk. About it is it is weird though that they we lost there were two of the guys that we offered one to ECE. That that is a little strange to me. Yeah, so I don't suspect. They don't even know what their quarterback is going to be. Because what know those guys are going Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've got, like, NIL money. I don't know if they've got... Missing what they is kind of a weird... Well, I think Sol also plays Bangkok, doesn't he? He does, yes. Um... So Sewell also plays baseball, and then so it could be that he wants to go there because ECU is like a top of twenty-five program when it comes to what is like a top twenty-five baseball program, um, and so that could be part of my opinion because he wanted to be a decent one guy, um, and so there could be that with him. Um, but it, it was just weird to see both. But you see, it does have like a surprisingly big following for being like this G5. There's no other things about, but they have like a 55,000 state stadium that's everything else is sitting up. They kind of regularly build. Um, 
So I was a bit, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's really nice. It's interesting to see how it's managed. It is interesting. Look, you're getting a look behind the scenes here again, folks, as we fiddle around with audio, trying to figure this out, what's going on. Because last time, when you had the microphone thing last week, it did, like, come through the recording, mm-hmm. which was less than ideal. I'm going to try no amateurs to see if maybe there's any commenters or the commenters. I wonder if um, the fact that we're recording locally, because you don't hear it, right? No. Well, I can't hear... I have not plugged in, so I can't hear it at all. But I, I thought maybe it might be some like power feedback. So, uh, you know, like because I the USB port that the microphone is plugged into is right next to the power. You know, sometimes the wires, like the electricity, gets some current. I don't, yeah, I don't understand wires. You know, so so fun story about me. Uh, my first job after my mission, I worked at Advanced Fiber Optics. I don't think that they exist anymore. Maybe they yeah. do. I don't know. But what they had was a mapping software of like like Comcast, for example, would like contract with this company, AFO, and we would go and we would take all of the maps of where their fiber optic cables were laid and we would map them and like map like what gauge of cable was in each place and how they were spliced together and all this stuff. And I was awful at this job. Like, I don't know why, because it really wasn't hard. Um, but man, I struggled mightily. I ended up getting laid off, and it was like I was one of two people who got laid off. So that sure feels like I got fired. That that you got fired, dude. Yeah, fired. yeah, I'm pretty sure I got fired. I was dreadful at that job. So uh, wires have always confused me, even when I worked in the uh, wire industry. The yeah, I mean, so it's I don't yeah I don't know, I and mean, it's yeah I got to figure something out. Because apparently we're two weeks in a run. Maybe it's the StreamYard thing. It's like something. Well, it, it was there whenever we used whatever it was last time, but it, it didn't. We were calling on this list. Damn. No, no, no. Two, well, two, three times ago. Yeah. You've had it. It's been yeah. a while, but it didn't record. But I think it was because you were recording. Oh. But like I say, now that we're recording locally, it might just be something I got to push through with. Yes, I don't know. We'll find out. Out. It's always an adventure. We don't have a producer, and we have no idea what the hell we're doing. Yeah, if it sucks, pay it for a producer. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you get what you pay for. So, there are a few. I'm trying to wonder how many. Uh, let me see and see who are, who's left in the uh, receiver portal. I mean, there's, there's quite a few. Like yeah, like yeah. Washington just had it in one. Well, then he's got the guys, you know, like dudes who come out of like Kent State, Mass, whatever. It's like. Mississippi State just had a state. It was a high three-star on a high school. Purdue, like Colin Solville out of Purdue. That's a name that I really like. You know, there's Milton Gray, also from Purdue. There's, uh, there's Jim Norris, Hair Pops, from, also from Mississippi State. I wish we could get Keishan Holden. That's my house. I wish we could, like, reincarnate John Elway's ghost, too, and have him... You know, but yeah, I mean, I would have to get the card. We could send on Pulse tickets and break things are coming to TSA. That was the thing. Uh, I had a talk with uh, Bud Elliott. I, I, I went on to uh, he's doing his summer school series, and we were recorded BYU earlier this week. We talked about wide receivers, and 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 Bud, he, I mean, Bud, Bud is as tuned in as anybody in the country, right? And and he made the point, he's like, if you're looking for a true, like, bona fide wide receiver one. There's like two, maybe three of them available in the portal. 
every light angle library. Milton White, you could argue, could argue, chemical Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I think he even said too, and it was just Coleman and, and Spears. And then, yeah, you're absolutely right. Or, or Franklin. And uh, everybody else, he's like, they're all kind of the same, you know? Yeah. And, and that includes even names like Gary Bryan Jr. Like in his mind, they were all pretty similar after those two. That they were the top two, everybody else, and then the guys you don't really want on your roster. Well, in there, well, guys that were guys that wonder super ambush or super ambush or something like Franklin, he's going to be very specific in super class. He has to name all the years. Then he's like, I'm also on the bar stage. Keon Coleman, Keon Coleman, Michigan State, Michigan State, right now. And so that's, you know, he wants to go. He wants to go. He gets the ball and he just threw it. And he just, they're out. Michigan State, Michigan State, or second round. They have parents on the play doing the same. What do you have to damn? You know, him take it in the first or take some push on there. What do you think? Denise Lansing, Denise Lansing, he's out. So but they were like they're but they were like guys guys on a different stage, Gibson stage was we kinda of talked about was kinda of talked about there's as a prayer there's there's uh and we, we talked about those there's just lots of theirs so we get this like water shim like water ship it's the way getting down to waters down to waters and what is what is no like it's the guys the guys the guys attacking it someone's going down so just get out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with the rest of the transfer portal. There's another, I mean, some other news, I guess. Uh, Easton Baker. We haven't talked about that yet. Easton Baker backed off of his commitment. Long time BYU. Oh, yeah. Long time. A BYU guy, right? I mean, he's from a BYU family. And and so it's worth talking about this. So Easton Baker, uh, really good, right? Very, very good player. It, it, it's going to come down to fit. It's going to come down to what Jay Hill, Kelly Papinga, Justin Enna, right, depending on who... I, I guess depending on where the coaching staff thinks he projects at the next level, it's going to come down to how they see Easton Baker fitting within their defensive scheme. We know just from historically, like we know that Kelly Papinga likes length with his edge rushers, right? He likes Kyle Van Oy. He likes Alani Fua. He likes those guys that are tall and long um, more than guys that are short and quick. Certain coaches like certain things, and that's just Kelly Papinga's preference. Um, yeah, and, and he's kind of a guy that's like, you kind of compared him to Max Tooley, where it's like how much, like, yes, he's big now for what he is, but, like, does Easton Baker have the frame to talk? You know, we're talking about Harrison Taggart in the portal, the potential guy. Does Easton Baker have the frame where Harrison Taggart has put on, like, 30 pounds and is, like, pushing 240 now? Does Easton Baker have the frame to play 235 right. or 245 pounds as like a as a big linebacker? I don't think he does. I, I don't I don't know if he does either. What what I so if you're talking about him being capped out to like a Max Tooley like 210 215, then you're talking about different, does he have the different conversation to yeah. do what Jay Hill wants in a hybrid safety, and that's also an I don't know. Yeah, and so I totally see it where it's. Like, it, it's not saying he's not a bad player, as you, but if you're prioritizing, like, how does he fit in my system, I am yeah, at the same good. time. It's like Brent Venables offered him a scholarship, <laughs> like, the day after, or he's going on a visit, right? So, which, I don't know if, if he said he got an offer, but he's going on a visit to New Orleans. He has, yeah. O Oklahoma, I wish BYU would do this, uh, especially now that, uh, I, I guess, after June 1st, once the cap on official visits is gone. So, Oklahoma's always done this, like, invitational only unofficial visit and now that there's no cap on official visits they can say hey we're going to invite more of you as an official visitor and so that's what they're doing i wish BYU would do it but it's like but there's there's still any there's still the school still has a cap of like 56 I, right i 
I don't know. I never saw that clarified. But the way that schools are acting makes me think that, no, maybe there's a cap, but it's not what it was. I never saw that specifically in the rule. Um, so I don't know. I'd have to double check. Because before it was each player could take five and they yeah. did away with that rule and each school could host up to 56. And Correct. that is the rule still potentially. Yeah, and that's, what we don't, that's the part we don't know. So anyway, Easton Baker, great kid. I, I think if BYU wants him, I think they're still firmly in the mix. And I like I, like I say, I'm an Easton Baker guy. I would bet on Easton Baker. Um, I'm not Jay Hill. I'm not Kelly Popinga. If they don't want to bet on Easton Baker, I get it. I, I I can I can understand the rationale, uh, but I would I would bet on Easton Baker. I think he's good. I mean, he's good. The thing with Easton Baker is just like his attitude. And we talk oh, on the show, like, he's a dog. Like, like he is violent. He is like might be the fastest player off the edge. Just like his reaction is insane. But then it's again of like it's also hard to tell. Like he's playing in Tooele, Utah, or Stansbury Park High School, wherever out in Tooele and Stansbury Park, like. They looked really good until they got to the playoffs, and then they got booked because they didn't have a tough skill. And so it makes it harder to evaluate, guy. You know, it makes it harder to evaluate and see, you know, what they're going to do and translate to at the next level a little bit. I mean, you still watch them in person, but it's, I Jay Hill. It's not like Jay Hill's an outsider. He's known who Easton Baker was for years, right? Like it, it's he's been following him when he was up at Weber. And I'm sure, you know, Kelly Kuping has been knowing who he was the whole time Bronco was there. And being at Boise State, he was keeping an eye on him because he was his. And if we're being honest, Jay Hill probably paid more attention to him than Eliza Toyaki did. Oh. <laughs> I said it. I said it. So loud. I mean, hey, once he committed, you don't have to talk to him anymore, right? That's how it works. What I've been told, they're committed. They are committed. It's done. So. We'll just see. I mean, I don't know. Do you still talk to your wife? You're married now. Do you still talk to her? <laughs> the kids are born, so I think my job's done. I don't have to do anything but bring them into the world. <laughs> and threatened and threatened occasionally threatened to take them out of it when they talk back. Right? That's it. That's the that's the job. Uh, yeah. So I'm, it, I'm kind of like indifferent. The same way where it's like, we can you can. You can't talk like this. And it sounds like give a bell breaker. ASMR. <laughs> I don't get the I don't get the I don't get the ASMR thing. I don't want to do a whole episode of whispers. Dude, the... I think this is awesome. Oh gosh. What's next on the agenda? Well, I'm not done talking about Easton Baker yet. Easton Baker. This is great. I think we need to do this. A whole episode. This is off-season content right here. This is off-season content. <laughs> um, we are if already down for feels anything with this, then uh, I, I think we just kindly have to ask you to unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good way of putting it, knowing why people like to listen to ASMR things. Um, so I think with Baker, I'm kind of indifferent either way just because I think he is a very good player. He's very polished, but I think there's also maybe the question of how close to his ceiling is he because he's someone who developed physically really early. So, you know, and he's been yoked. And like you mentioned that you met like his brother who's in eighth grade who also looks like a giant. So it's like, does that mean he's going to be like this freak, like a Ziggy Ansa type freak athlete who keeps growing? Or is it more likely 
that he's maybe close to his ceiling. And if he's a tweener on position, so you think he's close to his ceiling, then that's a justifiable pass. If you yeah. right, if you and so we'll see where he ends up. I mean, just because he's out now doesn't mean it'll it'll change. It, it, like I, say, I, I would bet on Easton Baker. Like the one thing I could confidently say when we talk about his physical development, I don't know exactly where his ceiling is. He could be maxed out. I mean, he. If you look at him, it's I don't I don't know where you're gonna put much more muscle on that body, dude. Like he's jacked. So like I I would absolutely understand that rationale. If he has more to give, more to gain, more to whatever, he'll find it. Like that dude works harder than any kid I've ever met in my life. And so wherever his ceiling is, I know he'll get there. Uh, but that's the question for the coaching staff to figure out, right? Is is where is that ceiling? I, I would understand an argument, maybe not agree, but I would understand the argument if he's if people think he's already there. So yeah. we'll, we'll find out. Billy Nixon has left the program. Now, this is interesting. Billy Nixon. Most of you probably don't even know who Billy is. Well, maybe. He kind of got famous after, like, the truck, right? Like, he was the guy. Oh, no, that's true, because he was tweeting out the truck, and he started... And he started doing the videos of like he was dancing on the sideline, and in the cut where they they'd be like, "Oh, this is our game day shirt, guys." The thing they like they show him packing the box of like, "Here's what the players get their bag," and it was always like long sleeve shirt. The guys love these new shoes. Players love these yeah. new short sleeve shirt. New workout tee. Gotta have these. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit uh, a little dry. Like we get it. The players like the gear. Oh. Uh, but Billy, I mean, he's been with BYU for a while. I think he was a student ball boy, and he's, like, stayed on staff. And uh, where he was the equipment guy, and then he became the NFL. Kind of work, he kind of revolutionized, or at least played a role in revolutionizing, like, the player experience mantra at BYU. And, and then, yeah, he graduated eventually into the director of football operations, reporting to John Swift, the football chief of staff. He's Who gone then. Who, yeah, I mean, John's last year was Billy's only year as the DFO because John right. Swift was the DFO before, and then they yes. made John Swift the football chief of staff, which I which is a really honestly have, have no idea what that means because, like, no other school that sounds like a fake title for what the DFO would be doing. Where the DFO is the guy, like, I mean, maybe BYU does it differently, but like, the DFO is the guy where you are like, Oh, okay. A recruit needs tickets for their family. We're gonna make sure here's make sure all the comp tickets are taken care of. Yep. Make sure yep. the travel arrangements are taken care of. Make sure like you know your catering things are taken care of. Like it, it's that's like chief of staffy type stuff. So what was the what was Billy Nixon doing? Without knowing exactly how they've divided up the roles, I can confidently say that BYU does it different. Like I don't it's, even know what BYU is doing to know that it's not. I mean, we had 47 different positions on the defensive depth chart last year. That takes a and line of football operating to make sense of all of it. So maybe we're just making up fake positions in the office building, too. Could be. So anyway, Billy Nixon, he he is an absolute value add to the program. I mean, he he will be missed. Um, having said that, he, you know, like we just kind of ran through his background, right? Like, he was not a ready-made director of football operations. Like, those guys exist, right? BYU could go and co uh, poach a group of five DFO, like most schools have a DFO and BYU could go right. and hit a good one. Uh, they're going to be able to afford it. That's how they got uh, Hewitt from UNLV as the equipment manager. Like even those positions can be poached by power five schools. So BYU could go and get a more ready-made uh, DFO, 
Billy Nixon, I think he was growing into the role, but he had he was learning on the fly. He he was not he was the equipment guy, right? Like he was learning a position. I think he was doing a great job. But be way you can go get somebody who who is starting ahead, right? So that's great. And Billy's going to build, which I thought was super interesting. Like, what does that mean that he's going to build to work with like I don't know. I just if I'm built and I'm trying to like ingrain myself in BYU football, am I really poaching members of the coaching staff or was this like a handshake agreement somewhere? You know what I mean? Like it makes you yeah. wonder. I have no clue what that answer is and that doesn't really matter. But it did feel weird to me that it would be like, why is built actively recruiting BYU coaches or BYU staffers? That seems weird. Yeah, it kind of, it feels considering like maybe some redundancy between the created, which the one-year-old chief of staff position and this, it kind of potentially maybe feels like John Swift was the DFO. He had this vision that considering exam expanded role, him moving to more of a management position because he had all these ideas, push come to shove. It was like, you just need someone to do the organizational stuff the way that the DFOs do everywhere. Let's kind of get this back to a more traditional DFO role. We have this extra role now. Let's give Billy a soft landing spot and give the job back to the guy who had it before. Or he could have like got a be- pay raise. Yeah, I mean, any of these scenarios, I think, could be true. Like, it just it feels weird because of exactly what you just described. Like, it does feel weird, but it may not be weird. You know, we're a sucker. We're a couple of suckers for a conspiracy theory here. I'm conspiracy curious. Yeah. Here's the thing about conspiracy theories. If you believe every single conspiracy theory, you are crazy. If you do not believe a single conspiracy theory, you are also crazy, right? Like there's that moderation in all things. Yeah. Where you got to be a little conspiracy curious because there have been plenty of things that people said were conspiracies. That turned out to be true. If you just immediately dismiss a conspiracy theory because it isn't like proven fact, spoon fed to you by some sort of like, I don't know, government official or whatever, then yeah, then you're you're also part of the problem. Like go smell, learn. Have you, speaking of conspiracies, have you seen the uh, Detective Ken tr- drama on TikTok? You may have like seen that there's this dude, he like lived in Chicago or something that, but he was like, I was walking home from a bar one night and someone like stopped, pulled over and was like, Hey bro, do you want to ride? And then when I said no, like rolled up the window and drove off and it happened multiple times. I started investigating and there's been all these missing people in the same thing. And like, there's no police cameras over there. And there've been all these abductions and he's like, and now people are calling me. And there's like, I've started putting these maps together in like Chicago where I live, but then I've got the map going in Austin and Boston and Detroit and Philadelphia and like, all this, there's a nationwide like gang, serial killer gang, like started getting more and more ridiculous. And then he got caught in his lie because he was like, oh my gosh. Well, then he started adding at the end of his videos that he was like, I work for this startup and it's like, my boss is not happy that I spent so much time doing this. But like, so I'm working on my day job at like said the app name. And then that was all like whatever in these, like, but this is taking him so much time because it's so important. And and then kept going on. And then it got to the point where it was like the FBI tried to recruit me and he posted a screenshot. And the screenshot was someone was like, that is the uh, the generated auto email that you get when you start filling out an application to work at the FBI and you don't do it. Like this is not a 
hey, can you come talk, whatever. And so basically it came out that this dude was like using, there were real disappearances. There were people on his map that he shared finally, like he shared the link to that were like verified uh, people who unalived themselves. Um, and then he was putting him on there like as an abduction and stuff. And then like he was charging people who for like consulting time to help like in their own like personal missings case things. And he was stand taking people's money and standing them up and these things. And then it all came out that he was doing this because the CEO of his buddy, that's like the CEO of their startup, like posted on LinkedIn that he was like, our CMO has come up with this great viral marketing strategy. That's like by building this thing and like by just tacking on to the end of this other organic content, tons of people are downloading our app. It was this whole ordeal and there was like a ton of things, but really if you're listening, somehow listening to this, Ken, uh, you look like you're strung out on Coke all the time in half your videos and you're a douche for using actual deaths. You should have re-allocated your craziness to ASMR. <laughs> That's what he should have done. Just into the ASMR. Download my app, please. <laughs> I work for a startup company, and if you don't want to go missing, you can download my app, or you might go missing. That would work. I would download it. Yeah, but that, that that was a big. That was like the last couple of weeks, and now he's gone like totally missing. Is the the funny like that's thing ironic, that's right? So at the end of the yes. day, he's gone missing. Yes, he's like totally that, at the new. Well, so right someone there. someone did also look at. He deleted all of his social media accounts because someone went back through his Twitter accounts, and he had like not uh like mildly not like mildly. Uh, homophobic and racist things like we're talking like beyond what Bob Huggins said on the radio this week things uh, we gotta talk about Mark Pope because we were pretty hard on Mark Pope we were and I still don't know that I'm ready to like apologize for being hard on Mark Pope but we do need to give him his I don't know what is it his appropriate dues like we talked about recruiting being poor and since then he's landed uh, Quest Glover, he's landed Ali Khalifa. Like, recruiting's been pretty strong. He landed yeah, three guys with double, yeah, three, yeah. So it's his probably his best batch of recruiting. Yeah. yeah. So it's been good. Now, he did lose out on, oh, and he added, added uh, uh, Dawson Baker. I mean, he added some points. He added some scores. Dawson Baker's an LDS guy. Isaac Davis, another LDS. So he, he's done well. I mean, he's done yeah. well in the areas that we, that we were concerned about. Um, I think with some of it maybe because there just hasn't been a lot of LDS talent, and he did get Colin Chandler, who is the biggest LDS talent since like in the last pretty much forever, right? It and so seems like he's going to lose Jake Wallen to Utah. Like we've talked about that, I think before. So we've talked about it on the Discord. If we haven't talked yeah. about it, like I think everybody else has, it's not a secret at this point. Yeah. Uh, so seems like that's gonna 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 happen. Tanner Toulson did transfer. So we are seeing like the things that we were concerned about. Now, I'm not overly concerned about Jake Wallen going to Utah. I'm not overly concerned about losing Tanner Toulson. But if those players go on and have success, like that's exactly what, what has bit Mark Pope right in the booty is that players that get pushed out or players that get away for whatever reason that seeming have been better than the replacement. Right. And so... I uh, and we've been doing we just we've been doing the portal game pretty much every year, like starting from year one where we you know brought in Jake Toulson and and Barcelo, 
right? And so it's we've been doing the portal game, but it's like there hasn't been a lot of development from the guys that have been there from the start. Yeah. And other than like Barcelo, I mean, you could say so Harms obviously was great defensively. I don't know in his one see, year. how John, much... See, John Lucas was great. Like he was what you wanted him to be, you know, he was like eight points a game type guy. Yeah. And so Barcelo, it was, Barcelo was fantastic. Yeah. But it's like that, Barcelo was fantastic. Right. And so, but it's like, I don't count Jake Toulson as like this, as a portal get because it's, no. you know, that doesn't count. He doesn't get credit for that. And then players, we like, get credit for developing him, but yeah. yeah, there have been more flops than this. And it kind of, I think the biggest problem a lot of people have had in person is like, what is the balance between gutting your roster and rebuilding it to where you don't even recognize it one season to the next versus actually developing guys? And how do you put that together? And it felt like there was maybe this, it's hard to have this best locker room in America when you're constantly pushing guys out. And also last year, I mean, it was guys, it was whiff after whiff after whiff. And like, yes, he was going after people. No one has ever discredited his effort on the recruiting trail. But it was like, you know, we did a lot of work to get Seneca Knight. But, like, <laughs> I can try really, really hard to fix your heart, Garrett. But at the end of the day, you don't care how hard I'm trying to fix your heart because you'll die. I don't know how to fix your heart. Like, you need somebody who tries hard and finishes the job. That's that's both. Right. And and so far, Mark Bope has not done that. But I can't yes. find out if he does this year. Yes. So it's, you, you know, it, you got to, I mean, like in baseball, right, there's, when you're hitting hitting balls hard is something that scouts look at. Yeah. You're you're putting balls in play hard, which means like batting average and your batting average are two different stats. Yes, and we were kind of in the hot seat area where it was like, okay, now well, this is, well, what the third year of trying to rebuild this roster with all these transfers, and the first few years it did not work. Right. So let's see what happens this third year. I guess. No, this is, is this his fifth season already? This is five, yeah. Yeah, so so it worked in year one, which, I mean, he went and got Orson. But it didn't, right? But then it was Toulson and Yoli. Like, he walked into yeah. a good situation with well, old players. and Zach. Yeah, right. I mean, like, it was like, so there was kind of that. And then there was, like, year two was obviously good. That was the Harms year. You got Harms, T. John Lucas, and then, like, Barcelo. You had a good turning position. Laid an egg against the Final Four team, but no one expected you. UCLA was very underseated, apparently, because they made it to the Final Four. Uh, so it was that, but then the last two seasons, it's like, okay, we tried to like go find everything we need in the portal and major flop, just yeah. bad. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, you're going to try that again and strike out. And it seemed like we knew that he was going to be active in the portal and try to do that. But this time around, and then you stack that on with his like NAL comment, which made a lot of people upset. And then, so that, but then now it's like, okay, He's actually brought in guys who not like he's brought in guys who performed at smaller schools, not guys who like a Seneca Knight where it's like, oh, you just need a chance at a bigger program, right? You know, or it's like, oh, you just you need a you need a new space to really like find yourself. Like we don't have time for that. Like you're playing in the Big Twelve. You can't be taking these, oh, I think this dude was just in a wrong fit playing at, you know, friggin' I'm trying to think of the smallest school like Fordham or Furman. You know, the Furman Paladins, you know, this guy was just a wrong fit and he's playing in the Big South, but, you know, he averaged six points a game in the Big South, but he's going to be our hero. That's basically what we were getting out of the portal the last couple of years. I mean, question lovers did come from Samford, but yeah, but, but Quest lovers, Florida, it was different. 
Well, he started at Florida, and Quez Glover like seventeen points at Sample. Yeah, and Quez Glover averaged fourteen point seven points a game, two and a half boards, and two point one rebounds, and shot forty eight percent from the floor. Right, like, okay, I can. Yeah, that's that is different, you know, and it's so it's and that was only he played nineteen games, so I think he got hurt a little bit, but it's like, and so um, yeah. I took the top off my Jeep and the doors. Mm-hmm. This was like three weeks ago. And it's not like hard to put it all back together, but it's hard enough that I don't want to do it. It was, this today was great. But earlier this week, I drove to work this in the morning and it was 39 degrees and I had no roof and no doors. It was May, Garrett. It was like May 8th and I was in a topless doorless car driving 60 miles an hour down the road in 39 degree weather third <laughs> why is it 39 degrees on may 8th that's the problem and so i'm switching gears because it's going to get i'm looking at my it's 92 degrees here right. now it's going to start to get warm next week here in utah and we're going to talk like you're going to hear about floods like the floods are going to happen they well i've already seen i saw the i saw the house fall off the cliff yeah like but like that house was not because of the flooding. It was structurally insecure. That was why they condemned it like months before. So here's my point. What I what I wanted to talk about that I feel is important. Feels very important to me. Um, it gets warm in May, and then it gets warmer in June, and that's just what happens every May and every June. It gets a little bit warmer than it has been, and so this idea that we're going to like constantly have the snow be frozen forever and ever and ever because we don't want it to be warm. It's, it's not going to happen. We need the warm. We can't drink snow. We can't water the crops with snow. And I can't keep driving my Jeep when it's 39 degrees outside. So you tons, you, you've done prayed for moisture. You got it. The moisture has been got. And you've done prayed for colder temperatures to secure the moisture or whatever. Great. It's been done. Can we just start done praying for summer to come so that I don't have to wear a winter coat when I drive to work in the morning? I know that I could just put my roof back on, but it's May and roofs are supposed to be off of Jeeps. So for the benefit of me and all other Jeep holders and people who have gardens, people who have lawns, people who have kids that they've been bottled up inside the house since like Halloween, it's time to stop praying for the things to preserve the moisture and let's just have at it. We've survived the drought so far. We'll keep surviving the drought. Let it be warm. No more prayers for anything related to moisture, at least until like November. I mean, the, I, the lake is good, right? I, it's we're topped up for a couple of years. You're gonna have yeah, yeah, there, there's not gonna be a single. This isn't gonna be a single winter. Like next year probably won't be this crazy, but next, you know, next year will be a, a little bit lighter, but it's still gonna be heavy. And here's this thing, like the idea that the and I like conspiracy theorist here, but like I'm just like trying to make sense of things. What we talk about this like toxic arsenic, whatever that's in the lake that's gonna kill us if it dries up. Why aren't the people of Wendover dead that have been there by the dried up salt flats forever? Like, why is there no arsenic on that part of the lake? That has 
Who, who said that you're going to die from arsenic? Because Whatever it is, drunk. it's all over the place. Some toxic dust, I don't know what it is. But it doesn't make any sense to me because we've had people that have been breathing it all in for years. And they're just fine. So, like, I don't know if I buy it. And I am a Syracuse, Utah resident. Now I'm a West Point, Utah resident. I live. What is with me? You live in New northern Utah or northern New York? It's the same. It's pretty much the same. And so I live, I have lived by the lake my whole life. People look at the satellite pictures of the lake and they see that it's like shrunk. But the parts that have shrunk have never been deep. Like the parts that people look at it and go, oh my gosh, the surface area is so much smaller. You used, I used to go in sixth grade and you could stand on the west side of Antelope Island and there was another island called Fremont Island and we would just walk to it. It was like a mile into the lake and you just walk and the water would never get higher than like mid-shin. It's never really been a lake. It's always sort of been a puddle. And so, yes, let's do what we can to bring our puddle back. But I'm just sick and tired of praying for moisture and cold. I want to wear shorts. I want to drive without the heater on. And I'm just ready for summer. So please, ladies and gentlemen, Ian and your friggin' updates about the snow on our Discord server. I'm ready. Talks a ton of you. Well, and here we are. This is, I had to get that off my chest. Dude, it's, I'm glad you did get, did you feel better now? No. No. Well, hopefully it's more. It's a, we might, we're going to be pushing like triple digits here next week. My neck of the woods. I don't know. Supposed to be ninety-eight. Supposed to be ninety-eight on Sunday. People have said you've said this to me that like the unbearable months of summer in Arizona are better than the unbearable months of winter in Utah. Yep. Not even close. I've said that like I don't think I agree with you, but after this eternal winter that we've had for the last six months, I think I'm there. I think give me the hundred and twenty for three months a year. I think I'm fine. So here's the thing with it though. Uh, one, even though it's 120, our baseball stadium has a retractable roof and is air conditioned. So plus, plus one for that. Uh, also, we've got every major league sport here. So yeah, also a plus. I don't really like the and, games anymore. Ah, uh, true. But they, uh, we can most of the year. The weather is great. You can get outside. The thing is like fall people you come visit in the fall and you're like oh my gosh it's so freaking hot uh i remember you get used to that hot weather though like by the end of july when you're not used to it but it's like you know it's so hot outside that when it starts to cool off you're like oh man this is nice i remember last year we got a we got an inflatable projector like set up for our backyard to do movies and we had a couple families like in that moved into our ward we had some over and they were like oh we're gonna watch a kids movie and just like eat dinner and you know then like you know we're gonna do s'mores on our fire pit mm. and i was like we were talking about how it's like oh the weather is so nice that it's cooling off if we looked and it was like 97 degrees yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when but when it's been 120 every day for the last six weeks you know they go, and the thing you're too is like my daughter's in the last week of school is like the week after next or whatever is the last week yeah. her last day of school is like the 23rd or something like that yeah her 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 summer break is only two months. And so she starts school again in like the middle of July. And then 
but that's because there's a full week for fall break, like a full week for Christmas or three weeks for Christmas, a full week for Thanksgiving and a two week long spring break. So that third month of summer gets spread out into more holidays. So you get school off more when the weather is nice. And then I mean, it's sucky when it's really hot in July and August and no one wants to go outside anyway. They take yeah. the kids for you and get them out of your And that is nice. When it, so that is nice. Know. I will say this, though. Uh, and I recognize that it's only like a 45-day time period. But October 1st to like November 15th in Utah is elite weather. When you get that crisp fall weather, it, there is nothing better than that and i know it's only a month and a half like i know fall is supposed to be a three full month season and it gets condensed into a month and a half i get it but that one and a half months of just ah pristine weather so from like october 1st to like march 15th is like elite pristine weather in arizona it's not the same because i like that feeling when you go out and it's crisp and you could just sort of barely start to see your breath, and you're coming off of a long summer. It's been warm, and now you drop into like yeah, we get that every morning no, for no, six months. Different. Winter in Arizona, winter in Arizona is from five a.m. to nine thirty a.m. every day for six months. That is winter. Fall is no different. It is different. Falls in Utah are the absolute best. Summers in Montana are the absolute best. Falls in Utah are the absolute best. Okay, the winters in Arizona. Just, yeah. You gotta all work the way down. Just keep going south like the birds. Yeah, I, I totally. Agree. I mean, that's why the snowbirds do it, and they come down here. That is the snowbirds and the real bird, the geese. Bird. And they they have figured it out. Uh, well, this has. We were gonna talk about like gambling and stuff. I don't really want him. It's really what now. Well, it's just. I mean, if you're gonna gamble, don't. I mean, there's. It's really crazy that there's two stories that are gonna act back. Like one, the Alabama baseball thing, which if you haven't heard, there was Alabama fired their baseball coach, and it came to light because they had a game. Their number one starter was supposed to play. He got scratched two hours before the game. He wasn't hurt. They just scratched him. And then that morning at a random casino in Ohio. Someone walked in and was like, I want to put down 10 G's on Alabama to cover against LSU today. Pretty remarkable. And, or whatever. And it was like the or LSU to cover against Alabama, whatever it was. And which raised off all sorts of things because now that gambling is legal in a lot of places, you have things like filing a suspicious activity report the same way you do in banking. And who the hell bets 10 grand on a random regular season baseball game? Yeah. So it set off all sorts of flags. And they figured out that that dude knew you're somehow newer was connected to the coach of Alabama. So like you've been shaving points for firing you, which yeah, that has yeah. been the least controversial thing coming out of the Alabama athletic department in the last six months. But the, and then Iowa and Iowa state, both of them, it was funny because like the Iowa came out that Iowa caught player, they caught players gambling, which the NCAA as if you're an NCAA athlete, you cannot bet on any sports at all. Uh, but in Iowa State fans were like gloating about it. And then the same afternoon, it was like, oh, I was looking people in Ames. Yeah. So weird. Like, just go find the bookie in your dorm. There's the some fans, dude at the, the there's a guy at the bar down the street who will take your money. You don't need to be going on FanDuel and DraftKings. The best tweet that I saw about that was after Iowa State got busted was, I can't even remember who it was, but it was like, how nervous is Northern Iowa right now? <laughs> because <laughs> like everybody in Iowa is nope. getting busted. 
Dude, Iowa Wesleyan, home of the air raid offense, is, is shutting down permanently. This is their last year, so they will be no more. So they are not worried because they will not exist. RIP Iowa Wesleyan and RIP Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Um, RIP. All right, Jeff, it was a good episode. Uh, we've got, we're kind of getting into where we got to start doing like our little previews. Is we're kind of, we feel like close. Woke up the offseason. We're getting close. We're getting so close. I think, I think we're, we're, we're right there. Yeah. So I think we're close. It'll be, this is a good episode. It was a fun episode. Uh, hopefully, the, my, my microphone doesn't sound too bad. It's just the messed up on your computer. Well, yeah, that would be great. Uh, that would be ideal. Otherwise, we'll have to figure something else out because it only happens when I'm recording you. My well, little 50, zo- 50 Zoom calls that I've had this week. I know. No and I'm in the anything. same boat. Like, I, nobody has ever had a problem with their mic except for. It, it is Satan trying to thwart our efforts. Yes, he is giving us hell. That's what's happening. It's giving us hell. I know. But, Jeff, I hope you have a good week and give him hell. Give him hell.